The main reason why I do friending this podcast is because I think that many of us go through friendship hardship, did not mean to make that rhyme, but we go through friendship difficulties. Yeah, that sounded better. And we think we're the only ones. We're the only ones who have had a friend who stopped talking to us. We're the only ones who had a friend who let us down. We're the only ones who had a friend who misunderstood what we were trying to do or say in a situation. And we feel very alone. And we also feel like something is terribly wrong with us and that we're undeserving of friendship or that the world is a dangerous place to make friends with other people. And so I do this show because I think you need to hear other women talk about their own struggles, their own pains, the very things that bring them to their knees and, you know, cry in their pillow at night, but also the things that make them weep with joy because a friend has been there for them in a way that they 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 needed them to. And it's made all the difference. So on today's episode, you're going to be listening to me and my friend Patricia talk about some pretty raw and real things. We even get a little emotional about it because let's be honest, when things are hard with our friends, life feels hard in general. Hey, it's your friend, Noelle, and you're listening to Friending, a podcast that helps Jesus-loving women have awesome female friendships. Because let's be real, friendship can be hard and complicated, and sometimes it's easy to think that you're the only one on the friendship struggle bus. Well, good news, you're not. Here at Friending, we will have honest and sometimes uncomfortable conversations about finding the friends we need right now, getting healing for the friendship wounds of our past, and how to get beyond just having coffee and chit-chat with friends to having heart-to-heart, deep-level conversations where we grow together in our faith and cheer each other on in our dreams. You can count on Friending to be super real, super practical, and super here for you. Let's get down to it. Before we head into this conversation, I just want to tell you a little bit about my friend, Patricia Sung. She is the podcast host of an incredibly resourceful podcast for any woman who is a mother and has ADHD. The podcast is called Motherhood and ADHD, and it's good. It's really good. So if you are a female who has ADHD and you're a mom or about to be a mom, you really need to be listening to her show. Like it needs to be subscribed to your little podcast app. And if you have a friend who is a mom who has ADHD, please, please, please share this resource with her because Patricia is really, really helpful and has just practical advice and encouragement to give. On a personal note, Patricia has become a friend of mine. We met through Called Creatives, which I've talked about before on Friending. It is a community for women who are writers, speakers, and podcasters. And I just really have deep respect for her. And I'm just so thankful to have met her, even though we've never met in person, but we've met in the online world and we're friends now. So I think you're really going to appreciate this interview because it is incredibly honest. Well, Patricia, what I love about you and I is that we're actually real friends, but we're, yes. we're online community friends, which is a valid friendship. Yes. This is a whole new, a whole new world we're in. 
A whole new world. Yes, absolutely. But I want to break out into song. I know. Disney. I, was, I was about to do the same oh. thing, actually, because um, that's a great song. But I, uh, what I love is that I get to ask you these awkward questions because with all my friends, I'm known for asking awkward questions. So the question I want to ask you is, what is the personal insecurity that you find negatively impacts your friendships? Something that you struggle with? So very much in the forefront right now is um, I think a lot in my head and to the point where I like just like ruminate and think about it over and over again. And I think about it so much that it's almost like I've convinced myself that I already had the conversation with the person. And in my head, like I've gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm like, I'm in a good spot, but because I didn't actually talk to the other person about it yet, (laughs) it's, you know, that there's not that resolution. And so I guess that comes around to say like my communication is not the best because I overthink and worry and get anxious and I kind of sort it out on my own, but I don't actually have that conversation with the person to really get in there and resolve the issue. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of conversations in my head when I'm feeling anxious about a friendship or like a converse, you know, like a previous conversation, I'll like have these like imaginary conversations with the person. And like you said, like maybe come to resolution or maybe just like end on like a, well, I'm mad at them because they probably are going to respond this way in (laughs) my head. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so then I make all these assumptions from this conversation that happened, I mean, I actually sound crazy now that I'm saying this out loud, but it's like, I can resonate to what you're saying. It's that overthinking. It's like living here and not out mm-hmm. there when it comes to female friendship. So. Yeah. I mean, part of that too is when I know I need to talk to somebody about something, I feel like I have to think about my, the way I'm going to say it and how it's going to come through so much that it feels like a, you know, like a choose your own adventure book. Do you remember those from when we were kids? It's like, okay, if I say this, then they're going to probably say this, which means I'm going to have to respond with this. And I try to work out every um, possible combination of, you know, like back and forth. And that's so unrealistic because you can't imagine how it's going to go. You can't think, you really don't know how that other person's feeling because you're not in their head until you talk to them and get through it. But um, it. I always thought it was a form of preparation and I'm coming to realize as I become hopefully older and wiser and not just old, um, (laughs) that it's really a, it's a, it's a coping mechanism with anxiety and feeling like exercising control over the situation because we really don't have control over the other person and how they react and how they're feeling. And so it's, it's actually a very poor coping mechanism for trying to bring control into something that you have not very much control over. Wow. That was, that's very insightful. I think as a person who has struggled with anxiety, I can attest to what you're saying is true. You want to play out all the worst case scenarios. You're prepared because you Mm -hmm. think if you're prepared, whatever that might mean, it won't be as bad. 
but actually you've just created right. a bunch of things you could be afraid of now, um, which <laughs> yeah. is usually like what happens to me, but whoa, it's a very poor mechanism. It's very, it is a very poor coping mechanism. Talk to me about what God has taught you through showing you this part of your insecurity, your anxiety, and how it affects your friendships. Like what has he said to you about it? I would, I, I think the, I mean, like 400 things, I feel like I, yeah. I've learned through that, but the, the most impactful, I think, is that he knows me through and through. He knows all the things that I'm struggling with. He knows everything that's weighing on me. And he knows the ways that I feel like I messed up or I hurt someone's feelings. Like he sees all of that. Hmm. So I don't have to hide it from him. He already is in the yuck with me. And so in knowing that he created me and he knows all those pieces, even the, the not good ones, it brings you, you, me, a freedom in knowing that this is how I was created and I, I don't have to feel broken and hmm. um, guilty and awful for all the things I wish I had done differently or do do dif- wish I did currently do differently. Um, he's with me in all of those things. So hmm. I can rest in that, but also rest in his sovereign rule over the situation that he's there with me. And I don't have to prepare for 53 different possible conversation outcomes. And I can just let him do the work if I'm open to listening to him during that conversation and hearing what he's, you know, kind of like guiding me to, because if I listen to me, I think about like, well, I was right. And I didn't mean to say that. And I didn't mean to do that thing that hurt you. And I, 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 instead of allowing him to speak and say, look at what this person is telling you behind what they're telling you. Yeah. Don't take their anger or their, their face value, um, their frustration. That's not the front. Like the front that you're getting is the, the that, that anger, the frustration that's coming at you is not really the issue. So right. let kind of that, like I have to let myself be open to hearing him say, okay, let that front level kind of like pass through and then get to the root of the issue. What's the actual problem? Yeah. The problem is this person is hurt. The problem is this person is sad. The problem is this person wants to be seen and heard. So Mm -hmm. if I let him guide the conversation, I will let go of my defenses and my worry about me. I mean, not to say that you shouldn't put your needs into the conversation, but a lot of times we get so focused on what we want to say or what we want to get across and the points we want to make is that we miss the person that the spirit, the soul that we're talking to. Yeah. So if we can leave that, have that grace to let the 
hard parts go and really get into the crux of the issue, we can repair that issue or build that friendship more. But if I rely on me, I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> I, I, don't. I the the goal that you just said that I just it really was like a revelation for me is that when I am doing this prepping the conversation to go three million different ways, I'm the guide. I'm trying mm-hmm. to guide it for my for the outcome that I want. Right. But when I allow the Lord to guide it, it's the outcome that he wants. And there is a freedom in that because obviously the Lord knows me and the, the Lord knows her. He right. Knows He's a far more knowledgeable. Far more. Being on both sides than, yeah. I mean, he even knows me better than I know me. So. Exactly. But it's such gold because I think the question I have to say to myself when I'm tempted to overthink and go, oh, I said that one thing. I should probably talk to her about it. But then she'll say this. That whole kind of chaos that happens is to be like, you know what? I'm not the I'm not going to be the guide of this conversation. I'm going to go to the Lord with it. I'm going to pray about it, and then I'm going to take a step and open up. But He's going to be the guide. There's such freedom in that. It's like mm-hmm. I wish I did that more often than I than I do. I, I you know, it's not my default, but I want it to be. No, I mean, and it's it's hard to make that your default. I mean, we're humans, and we're we're not perfect and we're very selfish beings and it's hard for us to let go of that. And it is a, it's a habit and I'm certainly not very good at it myself, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's a habit that we have to continue to work on. Yeah. Yeah. But also because it is so freeing, like once you start doing it, it takes that weight off your shoulders. You're no longer the one responsible for fixing it. Hmm. And it lets go of like the guilt and the shame and all that, that you're weight carrying around with you is it's really hard to build a relationship. If you're carrying around all of your weighty suitcases of, you know, guilt and shame and yeah. um, anger and all that. So it is, it's a freedom in not feeling the responsibility, but it's also a freedom in you're not carrying that. Yeah. Yeah. Response. So true. Tell me about a recent time that a friend has really blessed you. Um, So right now I'm dealing with a lot of health issues and like a really good friend just was willing to say, like, just like spill your guts. Let me know what's going on and just sat there and listened. And it was, it was so good. Um, Cause you know, you get, there's, sorry. No, let me let the tears come. I'm, I, you got me going. Well, I, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind having teary podcasts, but I also want to make sure people can understand what I'm saying. (laughs) So, um, so recent, so recently I've been dealing with a lot of health issues and a friend just said, like, just talk to me about it. Just let me, just tell me what's going on. Let me in. And it's so good to be heard. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of that, like exchanging of pleasantries, like, hey, how you doing? I'm great. And people just respond with this, I'm good or I'm great or I'm fine. Oh, so busy. These like yeah, pocket phrases that we just throw around. We don't actually think about our response, but we also don't really ask the question to ask the question. Yeah. 
it's just a habit of like, Hey, how are you? It all just kind of like falls out in one sentence. And so just allowing, um, her allowing me to just like spill my guts and not try to fix the problem. Uh, hmm. The, like the health issues that I'm dealing with, like I, you know, I've already been to 10 different doctors and done all these tests and not to say that I don't want the input of like, well, have you tried this? But like at this point, like I have literally tried everything that's possibly normal. Yeah. So, so it's not, so I don't want to block out. Like, I feel like if God's bringing that person in to like help me see new light on something, yes, I want to be able to see that opportunity. But a lot of times people just want to fix it because it's uncomfortable. It's hard to listen to somebody share big problems and sit in them with it. That is hard. Um, It's hard to do as a friend to just go in and sit in, in hard things, especially when you don't understand them and you don't have experience to draw from. It's very overwhelming as a friend to take on that burden with your friend and carry it with them. So to have someone willing to say, I'll just sit with you for a minute. I'll just hold it with you for a moment. It's just so beautiful. And I just so appreciate that she was willing to, to listen and ask questions and not, and not try to fix it. Just, just be there with me. It was, yeah, it was really great. It's always from, you know, from asking this question more times people have answered, you know, not specifically to what you've said, but this, this thing is the most, the, the biggest blessing has been that people have chosen to be present in the pain, yeah. not fix the pain, not have the line that's going to make it better. The, you know, the statement, the words, but just have showed up with the ice cream and the lasagna or the, I'm here to listen, you know? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I can understand what you're talking about with health. I've certainly had my my issues of health, but even as having a child with a disability, mm-hmm. you know, those moments of like it just gets overwhelming, and we've yeah s- similar like have tried <laughs> have tried everything, you know, literally yeah um, everything. Uh, and when you feel overwhelmed and you're feeling like it's crushing you, the best thing for a friend to do is to say, "I will hold this with you." you know, and not be like, well, have you tried fish oil? And have you tried this therapy? And, oh, my friend did this. And it like, you know, it's, and not that you don't want that help, but that moment, it's so much more powerful to just hold that burden with them in that moment and not try to pull it from them and fix it. Mm-hmm. I thought the scriptures, uh, Romans, I think it's Romans 12, where Paul says, we you know, we need to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And there's something powerful about that. I mean, truly, even when our friends celebrate with us, it's mm-hmm. anyways. So thank you for sharing that. I really, that moved me. Now let me ask you this question. What has hurt you in friendship? 
So right now I have a friend giving me the silent treatment. Ooh. Which is hard for me because that's not my go-to right. mechanism. I don't really understand it. Um, I'm also not a grudge holder. Like, honestly, I just kind of forget about stuff after a while. And then I moved on. And right. even now I really, you know, again, as I hopefully I'm being older and wiser, <laughs> I try to sort things through and not just brush them under the rug. Previously, right. I just like, well, I've already moved on from that. Let's just keep checking. Yeah. Now I like to to sort through it because I know that it is good for both sides to be heard and feel like the other person is working towards understanding them. And you tend to build stronger friendships once you get through that struggle. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm on the struggle bus big with this one. Yeah. Because I I don't know what to do with it. Hmm. I don't know if it's because I'm not getting any information. I just have the silent treatment. I don't know if it's a like, do you, do you really want me to go away? Do you, are you one of those people who wants me to come back and be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. I don't know which direction I'm supposed to go. And I also don't want to force anything. I can't change you. I can't change your thoughts or feelings. I I wish I had the opportunity to walk through it. And if you're still really mad at me at the end, then we are where we are. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a hard one for me. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, it's also a very uh, poor coping mechanism for not wanting to deal with stuff. You know, yeah. I, it's funny that you mentioned the silent treatment, but I wrote an article like four years ago about the silent treatment and it's like my most shared article. I mean, to this <laughs> day, it still gets pinned like thousands of times. I don't even, I make money off this article. I kid you not. I post it on Medium and I, like, it's the only thing that I actually make money off of. It's hilarious but not hilarious in the sense that this is a problem. Clearly people yeah, like are like, they're Googling this. How do I deal with the silent treatment? Um, but mm-hmm. it is, it's a real issue that even at our age, we're right. still weaponizing our words in the sense of not using mm-hmm. them. Like I'm not going to give you this place to fix it or to make it right. And there's lots of reasons that people give it, but it is such a sign of maturity when we can recognize that we're doing that. And I used to do it all the time, Patricia. I would be upset. And because of my personality, I don't like to confront. I'm not like a, I can be bossy and blunt, but I'm not someone that's like, you hurt, hurt me. I do that usually. So I would right. just be quiet and stop showing up to stuff and show up to mm-hmm. other people's stuff. And my friends are like, why are you giving us a silent treatment? And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's what seventh graders do. But I was totally doing it totally doing it. <laughs> and finally, my one friend's like, you are so giving us the silent treatment. And it wasn't that I was just like mad at them. I was just disappointed that they didn't show up for me in the way that I wanted them to. And they didn't even know they were supposed to because I didn't tell them because no, you know, mm-hmm. no silent treatment. You know what I mean? Like, so anyways, I, you saying that really challenges me to, to stay the vigilant 
in not making that how I get my friend's attention by stop giving them attention. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of my struggle is that this silent treatment, because it cuts off all communication, there's not the ability to say, like, cause it can go, it can be interpreted either way of like, I'm so mad at you. I don't want you part as part of my life anymore. Right. But it also can be a lot of people use it instead as I'm going to push you away in order for you to show me how much you love me by coming back. Yeah. And it is a, it is a struggle as I want to, if you're so mad at me that you don't feel like we can ever be friends again, I want to respect that. I don't, right. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I, I don't feel that that's actually the situation. Right. Um, I feel like, especially as two Christian women, that we should be able to walk through it together and, yeah. and figure yeah. it out. But I, I want to be respectful. If you really think, wow, Patricia's just such a horrible friend, I can't, I can't be friends with her anymore. I'm, I want to respect that. I, yeah. I'm not here to be a um, thorn in your side or make you feel like, I make you feel worse than you did when you, before you interacted with me. That's not my goal. So, right. but on the other hand, if, if you're so mad at me that you're pushing me away in hopes that I come back and say, no, 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 I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. It's literally like my, my reaction is basically supposed to be on either end of the spectrum. There's yeah. no middle ground. So I'm either being disrespectful or disrespectful, depending on which one I pick. And it's, it's a very um, uncomfortable place. Yeah, I think because, because I know that what I did hurt this friend, and I, I accept that. I, it was not intentional, but I understand that it was my fault. Right. That I hurt this person, even though my my intentions weren't to be hurtful. Um, that I feel because it was an issue of being excluded from something. So I feel like if I'm not, if it is that she's choosing the, I'm pushing you away to see whether or not you're important to me because I she already feels hurt because she feels like I excluded her from something. If I then don't follow down that path, then her belief that. I'm not important to Patricia is then reinforced as opposed to you hurt me and I can't have this negative friend in my life. I'm setting them aside. Then I want to be respectful of that. I don't want to be, if you feel like I'm a negative influence in your life, I don't want to keep pushing down the door to say, like reminding you that, and hurting you in that way. So it just, right. it feels very uncomfortable to me because I, my goal is to not hurt my friend again. And I don't know which one of those answers is the one where she wouldn't get hurt again. And that's mm. the hard part is that I already feel like I hurt my friend and I'm sorry for that. But also how do I not keep hurting her? I don't know which one of those answers is not hurting her. And that's where it, 
That's why it feels so uncomfortable because I'm not getting any feedback. And I understand that there's a point where I have to just let God be, but how do I not hurt my friend again? Yeah. Man, Noel, look at you doing to me here. <laughs> I'm crying too. I'm just like and I scooping out on. all the tears today. I know. I Ooh. put the makeup on today. That was foolish of me. Um, I know. Very what foolish. What was the point of this mascara? <laughs> I, you know, I'm so grateful that you're, you are going there because I think that there's 90% of us have been in these shoes for sure. And definitely have been in a very similar situation and it's, it is hard. It's hard. Yeah. And you know what? I just, I feel like the, it would be easy for me like, well, let's just pray about it and see what God does. And, and we are going to do that. Like clearly, you know, uh, that's something, something that's being done, but I think it's important to like speak out loud how it, it, it feels, you know, because some of us could feel like we're the only ones going through this or we're the only ones that have caused this kind of riff in our friendship. But, you know, I could tell you, I've had very similar situations where I've done something that has been hurtful and not intentionally, um, but definitely hurtful. And this hurt the person. And then again, I didn't know, like, do I... Do I keep pursuing it or do I not? Like, what's the most loving thing to do? My goal is to just let them know that I love them so much that I am here or I can go away. And I just want to encourage the listeners to listen, like really to tune into this, because I think that when we feel tempted to use the silent treatment in this way, we actually, we're not just, we're not just hurting the other person, but we're actually hurting ourselves by not communicating what we need. And it would just actually be better for everybody if we could just say, I'm done. I'm done with the friendship. Love you, but this isn't going to work anymore. Or actually, I need you to press in now. So it takes a great deal of maturity. It takes a great deal of humility to do that. But I don't think anything is accomplished by not saying anything. Yeah, it's it's another level of vulnerability to go to your friend and say, not only did you hurt me, but here's what I need you to do now. Yeah. And to say, I'm hurt and I still need you as a friend to do something yeah because you're it's like a double level of um asking for help yeah and being willing to share that I'm hurt and also I need you to apologize or I need to know that I'm still important to you or I need you to walk away yeah it's, it's, you're vulnerable and it's scary. And you're also having to reinforce a boundary and, and then deal with the repercussions after that. And the, to deal with the, the anger or the hurt that the other person might have in, 
in reference to your ask of them. Um, and it's so hard to remember that the other person's reaction is solely a reflection on them hmm. and their mental well-being and their past hurts and their 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 like their issues. It's their reaction is not a reflection on me. Right. Even if like even that being that you hurt someone, it's still their reaction is about them. It's not like I have to own my my actions, but I can't own their reactions. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I and that again, that's a it's an an element of letting go, of not having to be in control of not needing to know everything. I mean, it's very difficult to do. It's very humbling to do. I don't know how people do it without Jesus. I really don't because Mm -hmm. life with people is anxiety producing, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) Very stressful. (laughs) All the people with anxiety issues are saying amen, but it's true. And you need the Lord. You just need the Lord in these moments. But I think that it's such a powerful conversation to have because we need, yeah, it's like, it's owning what you, what you've done wrong and your attitude and actions, but it's also graciously just letting go of the other person's response and separating yourself from, from that, like detaching yourself from their reaction. And it takes a great deal of trusting that God will work it out. You know, I think often too about Saul and Barnabas in the book of Acts. And these were like guys who they really truly were like bros. I mean, they were best friends, traveling around, telling everybody the good news of Jesus, like also experiencing crazy, you know, persecution together. Anytime like you're, you know, there there are people against you and, you know, you always kind of bond more, right? With your team, if there's like another enemy kind of after you. And so I think of them and then all of a sudden they had a disagreement about who was going on their next trip with them. And it says that it was a sharp disagreement. Like it actually describes a disagreement. It wasn't just like, oh, they had a disagreement. It's like sharp. And anytime I think of the word sharp, Mm -hmm. it was painful. Right. And and then they broke up. <laughs> it's like they went one went that way, one that way. The band. We, I mean, yeah, the band. But the thing is, like, we on this side, if you know that story, it can go, wow, like God used that to cover so much gospel ground. And Paul went this way, and Barnabas went that way. And but I always wonder, like, when they got to heaven, like what was the conversation they had with each other? You know, like it just these things do happen. And yes, God will work mm-hmm. it out for the good, but it doesn't mean there's no pain in it either. Right. There, there we can't is see where he's going with it. And imagine had the two of them stuck together for their entire lives, they wouldn't have covered nearly the amount of ground, they but would they ever have separated had they not had that struggle? I don't know. I don't Probably know. Not. Probably not. Um, but it's, it is really hard to, I mean, even when you're past it, it's hard to look back and be like, wow, that pain was for good. No. <laughs> it, 
I think too many times we see pain and we say, look at this silver lining or look at what good came out of that. Because as humans, it's hard to just sit in the pain and be like, oh, that, that really stunk. That was awful. And, and just say, hey, that, that was not good. I didn't like how that went. I still don't like it. Um, because I, again, I feel like it goes back to our, our lack of control that we don't, you know, if we had our choice, we probably would stick with no pain and yeah. no struggle. And that's a lot easier than, than dealing with the pain. So. Very uh, true. Very true. Well, on that note, we're going to close this interview, <laughs> but I wanted to say I have so much, oh, my mic got a little bouncy because I hit it. I am so grateful for your honesty. I knew we were going to have an honest conversation. And um, I just, I appreciate you always being willing to share where you're at. And I think if we could do that more as women who follow Jesus, um, I think we'd find a lot more life-giving friendship for ourselves. So thank you very much. You're, you're so welcome. Um, it, is, it is. I mean, I always laugh at whenever I, I do podcast interviews is that I do just like open my heart and share because I know how much the women listening need to hear this. They need to know they're not alone. Like you need to know I'm not the only one struggling with this. I'm, I'm not the only one who's hurt a friend. I'm not the only one who's been hurt by a friend because it's easier to share your burdens when you carry them with someone else. And it's easier to work through things and and deal with them and move on from things when you shed light on it. Yeah. But it is also very hard to do that with the people that we're close to. I feel like it's almost like that, um, you know, the, the internet creates that bit of distance where you feel like, oh, I can go say what I want and there's not that repercussion of seeing the the human behind the comments, but it's the same thing in person of when you're using that for good is that it's just, it's even harder to sit with your friends and open up when you're face to face with them and being willing to have that level of vulnerability when the person's right in front of you. So I, I definitely challenge the, everyone who's listening to be willing and, I'm not saying like dump out all your skeletons, but at least, you know, are you willing to, to crack open the door a little bit and let someone in and be willing to let that friendship grow? I mean, whenever you're planting garden, you got to throw in some manure. So, you know, let your, uh, let a little bit of your doo-doo out because it, it will fertilize the friendship grounds. Just throw some crap out there and some good things will grow. <laughs> the stinkier, the better. You, the stinkier, the better. I'm always so appreciative when I'm able to have these real, raw conversations with my friends where we can just be honest about the pain that we feel in friendship sometimes and even our own inadequacies. I just, I love these conversations, even though sometimes it's like, ooh, this is hard. But it's hard, yet it's worth it. And again, I really want you to know 
if you're someone who's been going through some stuff specifically in friendship that's been difficult, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. So do not feel alone and know that you can grow from this and you can build stronger friendships from a place of understanding yourself better, understanding people better, and understanding God's great grace and love for you. That's all I have today, my friend. Don't be a stranger. Come follow me at your friend Noel or at Friending Show on Instagram. And let's stay connected. Till next time, I'm your friend, Noelle. Hey friend, if something in this episode stuck out to you or inspired you to be intentional in your friendships, we want to know about it. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, and tell us in the comments what you've loved and learned from this show. It will encourage us to keep going as well as help other women find friending so that they too can be supported and inspired to have amazing female friendships in their life. Thanks for being a friend.